0: I'm a man on a mission, I'm a man on a mission, i take it up, i got that ambition,
1: i take it up, I'm a man on a mission. Hey peeps, this is episode 114 of the Speedmenter podcast, and as you heard last week, I was recently in London for a Spurs game, and whilst I was there, I hooked up with a great guy, Andy Arthur, who has his own podcast show in England called transform your wealth and health Andy's had plenty of great guests on his show including none other than my mentor uh, rob moore himself sean wallace also from itv's the chase and many many others it's a cracking interview which we uh, facebook lived and also did an insta live uh, so there's plenty going on and you'll hear that whilst you're actually listening to the podcast episode and he takes me on a rump ...through many of the things that made me who I am today. And he also asks me a few questions that have never actually been asked before. So there are nuggets of gold in there. And finally he gets a bit of a scoop about Project X right at the end of the interview. So it's well worth a listen. Now, I hope you enjoy it and also give Andy a follow too. And don't forget about the Speed Mentor Retreat on the 14th and 15th of September when I'll be mainlining uh, the secret sauce with a dozen select mentees uh, for two full days. Now, this event, it transforms lives, folks. You better believe it. And it's not to be missed if you want to change your life forever. Now, hit me up on social or drop me a line uh, and you'll get the details from me and we'll get you booked on. There are only a couple of places left, a couple of tickets left, so don't delay. But for now... It's over on the Arter and me getting into some really good shit. And I think you're really going to like this one.
0: Man, Brought up in troubled Northern Ireland, he had a glorious legal career as a criminal barrister before becoming a successful property landlord, then lost it all in the crash and living for five years in his sister-in-law's spare bedroom before bouncing back as a leading retailer and entrepreneur. Today's guest is Gavin Wall. Gavin, how are we doing?
2: Not too bad, Andy. Thanks very much for having me.
0: No, Gavin, yeah. my pleasure. You know I'm a big fan of yours. so um, this, is, this is absolutely superb. We're, we're, ki- we're killing
2: about five different things with one go here. We're on Facebook Live, we're on Instagram Live, we're doing a podcast... I'm over in London for a Spurs match for the first game of the, for the first game of the season. I have to make sure I speak into this, Mike, for the first yeah. game of the season. So we're absolutely killing it in every single frontier.
0: We are, we are. We're going to try and get everything working. No, it's not going to be perfect, I don't think, but we're yeah. we're good to go. We're so, good to go. So, Gary, it's a roller coaster journey. I mean, absolute incredible journey. So, tell us a little bit about your background and, and the early times. So how the family was. Um, Integrated into the entrepreneurial ways that you've got now. Were they entrepreneurial people,
2: or what was it? Yeah, like? No, my, so my family, uh, no, not in the slightest. In fact, business was a dirty, a dirty word. Right. Sort of in my family, uh, my dad is a slisder.
0: Yeah.
2: And nice professional, you know, person. Uh, he's good, he's a great guy. He's eighty years of age. He's still going strong. But nice professional person and business was something that. Um, you know, people who couldn't be professionals. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. um, and um, probably in Northern Ireland back where I was growing up, I was born nineteen seventy. Yeah, in Northern Ireland, there wasn't a lot of business going on. No. Trust, trust you know, me. You had a lot of troubles back in
0: them which we, so We'll touch on. Yeah, if all, all right. Yeah, yeah.
2: no, hundred hundred yeah. spent. Yes, for, for certainly for people over here in England, etc. You might know some of that detail, particularly if we have a younger audience. Yeah, but we had a lot of troubles back in the seventies, eighties, nineties, and a lot of killings and bombs and all sorts of stuff yeah. going on so actually I mean for instance if you just think about there wasn't a McDonald's in Northern Ireland in the 70s 80s we didn't wow. get a McDonald's until the 90s <laughs> oh my
0: God I yeah that, that, that so that's yeah. how
2: little business there was going on in Northern Ireland
0: just touching on that what was the thinking of McDonald's behind that then
2: so, so it, the people that wouldn't come it was fear. Uh, you know, if we put premises up where a, a business, a worldwide business, yeah. will our business get blown up? Yeah. What are the costs of repairing it? Is there enough people to come out and spend money? It was just pretty economically deprived yeah. right throughout that troubled yeah. period.
0: Well, I've got obviously a, a mind of what um, Northern Ireland is like, and I have no idea because I've not been there. I don't know a huge amount about it either. Yeah. But you don't have it down as a hotbed of entrepreneurism, do you?
2: So it's. You- cha- look, I, I'm trying to be a catalyst. Part of my journey is well, really, well, I am. Well, my background is in law. Yeah. So I followed my dad into the, the legal stuff mm-hmm. and I ended up having a great career as a criminal barrister. Yes. Um, but I was always an entrepreneur at heart. Right. And that little entrepreneurial bug was in me from a very early age yeah. and even though I did the law and did my dad's journey and all the rest of it and yeah. um, following him yeah. it was always there mm-hmm. and my wife was an accountant and I would say to her every night what's going on in the businesses that you're yeah. what's going on and I said you know I'm going to do some of that one day and she says <laughs> fucking wise up am I allowed to cut her that old audience no <laughs> eh?
0: one, eh? <laughs> yeah <it'll be laughs> she like, wise up
2: what would you yeah. I, I, I'm going to run a couple of shops one day yeah she, what are you talking about? Wise up! And I was always, "What's going on with the shops?" and etc. etc. So that went on for for years until ultimately I said, "You know what? I've had the success as a barrister. Mm-hmm. I've been blessed. It's the second best job in the world, behind behind being an entrepreneur." Okay. And I walked away from my career as a barrister right. to get into business.
0: Right. Well, we'll touch on that. I want yeah. to go. Back a little bit further. Sure. Let's build this story because yeah. there you was in the 1970s, growing up in a time of, um, for Northern Ireland at least, of huge troubles,
2: huge troubles, yeah,
0: um, violence, uh, sectarianism, yeah. all that kind of stuff. That you know, you know far more about yeah. than than yeah. I ever will. Yeah. Tell us what that was like and ha- what part did your family play in it because obviously this they is, were legal people
2: yeah, they must have been
0: getting involved right. in this some is, of
2: the This is really interesting yeah, right yeah. you've t- you've accidentally touched upon something i've never talked about go for it i don't even know if i, I can i'll go tell it. you, know. you said it. You're do it. Um, <laughs> so we, on the one hand we were very blessed as a family so we lived in South Belfast Yeah. Um, people Nearly everybody who knows me thinks I'm from North Belfast right. because I'm very closely associated with uh, businesses there, mm-hmm. etc. But I'm actually from South Belfast. Right. So we are very blessed. Yeah. Uh, people Is in Belfast. That's
0: a place to be. Yeah, look,
2: yeah. I'm I quite open. South Belfast would have yeah. been where there would have been least trouble. Yes. Yeah. If you say how much trouble there was. There yeah, um, have been a lot in North Belfast. Right. And unfortunately, there mm-hmm. has never been the economic injection that's been required to help the years of decay, that have got, you know, I'm doing my best, Mm. but Mm. we we, we need more from government and politicians. But during the 70s, 80s, massive amounts of trouble, shootings, death, thousands, over three and a half thousand people, I think, were killed in the troubles during that period of time. Mm -hmm. And um, Belfast um, and North Belfast would probably have been the worst afflicted area Mm -hmm. where my businesses are and where my great teams are. So because you have the two communities, I don't even... Like you know, I'm real cross community guy, but you would have had the sort of um, the green and the, and the orange, you know, the Catholic and the yeah. Protestant for your English, yeah. Um, just to boil it right down, yeah. Um, that, I, I reckon that's been done to death, so yeah. we're not
0: going to go into that bit of it, but te- tell us a little bit about the the legal side
2: of so things. So, legal I take f- it you went into
0: that because of your father, yes. And it was so, my
2: dad to... was a solicitor, yeah. Donley and Wall Solicitors, a well known firm of solicitors in um, Belfast, Yep. And, um, he would have been a solicitor and he would have done dozens and dozens of terrorist related um, uh, cases. Mm-hmm. He was a solicitor um, for people who were engaged in terrorism. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And what made you go into
2: it then? Um, that, was int- that was really interesting. You know, I mean, obviously, the, the, the death and destruction was horrible, mm-hmm. um, but everybody is innocent until proven guilty. Um everyone is entitled to a legal defence. Yeah, yeah. Um people very often say to me when I was in law, ah, but how do you defend, you know, a rapist or a terrorist or what whatever? Yeah, yeah. You're not really thinking about that. This is the job. Your job is to provide the best possible defence for them. Yeah. Uh, your job is to get them off is to beat the case, is to beat the prosecution's case, and that's all you're locked on to. Mm-hmm. Um, Interestingly, since I've become a father and have come away from lo- like one of the most prolific and well-known cases in Northern Ireland, Um uh, I'll not even mention it here, but mm-hmm. I was involved in de- defending the guy, mm-hmm. and people would always say to me,
1: oh, why
2: would you do that? Yeah, yeah. Now, at the time, I had that totally shut down in my mind. I didn't think about it. He was accused of several murders of young girls. But since I've left law and become a father and have two daughters myself... Yeah, I get you. Uh, i look looking to think back now and I have a sort of a different feeling because I've opened that bit of my... You do your that job. That you shut down. Though. You do your job and you yeah. shut down a wee bit of yourself. Yeah. You know, the bit that disgusts you. You shut that down a wee bit because you're just defending somebody.
0: Yeah. yeah, I get it. So within you... I've heard that you, as you were saying earlier, that you wasn't 100% happy with your legal career, although it it pays reasonably well. It's a nice job to have for nine out of 10 people, but you're that one out of 10. So you wanted to go on to do entrepreneurial things.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, there is no person ever um has walked away from the career that i had i made a lot of money as a barrister mm-hmm. didn't just do okay i did exceptionally well mm-hmm. i made lots of money uh i've said it in podcast before i made hundreds of thousands of pounds a year mm-hmm. um as a barrister a wig and gown you look like you have everything wow i drove porsche 911s <laughs> in those days had a big house had absolutely everything yeah and um, to say it's almost embarrassing i mean there must be people going in he is a tit you Know listening to this, <laughs> thinking, why wasn't that enough? How can that not be enough? Yeah, you know, you go to holiday anywhere you want, you can have anything you want, yeah. and it's not enough. Mm. That's a wee bit embarrassing, almost in a way. So, but so, this was a feeling
0: within you, it, it, yeah, because on your side,
2: yeah. Uh, do you know why? No, it because it wasn't unlimited. This is and this is really hard for people to understand.
0: Oh, we're gonna y- touch on yeah,
2: the, yeah. It, there, it had limits so that
1: I was getting close to the limit. Yeah,
2: you know, it gets maybe a few bigger cases, but you, know, you earn hundreds of, thousands of pounds a year as a barrister. Maybe you learn another wee bit, and that sounds massive for anybody who knows. And you know, you're getting an hourly rate and it's working yeah. for me now, yeah. or you know, working it's ridiculous, but it's the challenge of testing yourself to the absolute maximum. So when I was leaving to go into business,
0: mm-hmm.
2: now ultimately I got wiped out, right. but when I'm leaving to go into business, I'm not doing it because I want more money. I don't even spend much money. I drive a wee electric car, you know, I spend very little on myself, but it's the test
0: Yeah.
2: of, are you better? Can you deliver more? Can you inspire more people? Mm-hmm. I mean, in business, to get that level of success in business that I have as a barrister, the chances are 0.001 mm-hmm. to, to make more money. But it's the test which is the important part. So the barrister bit had been done. I had done that successfully. Yeah. I didn't want to do it for another 30 years. I didn't fancy being a judge. Just wasn't in my DNA to be a judge. But business, it's a level playing field. There's no barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as what's what you've got
0: mm-hmm.
2: so, inside you. So...
0: Why property? Why did you get involved? So,
2: the property thing was I was already doing the property, so I started that in my 20s. So, this is long before the crash. So, in my 20s, um, when I was in law, I because I always had the entrepreneurial stuff. So, I actually started as a barrister before I switched to a And as I was a Slizder actually in the civil service, right? It, okay, yeah, and really didn't
0: People normally
2: do it the other way around. So, right. what's no, what happened? It's a long story and I'm not, well, I'll, very, very, very quickly, okay, so my dad had a, I'll touch on it very, very quickly. So my dad had a solicitor's practice, okay, Donald Moss solicitors, two weeks before I qualified as a solicitor, so I had the entrepreneurial urge inside me, but I went down that line because we had the family practice. Um, did five years, two weeks before I qualified as a solicitor, my dad came home with a few drinks on board.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: And I uh, said, son, I'm taking early retirement, you'll be paddling your own canoe. So two weeks before, I I had three years of pain, heavy drinking, heavy partying, trying to work out my life after that. That was really difficult. So um, I couldn't get a job. I was probably the first ever unemployed solicitor (laughs) in Northern Ireland. So I was going for... Dad hadn't announced his retirement. He was trying to sort out stuff with business partners, etc., in the practice. But I was going to interviews at other solicitors. I was a newly qualified solicitor and asking them... um, for jo- or plan for jobs, yeah. and they're going, well, why would we employ you? Sure, you'll only be going away to Donnelly and Walt's Lizders, yeah, Um, in six months, and we've invested time. So yes. I was unemployed, mm. and I ended up selling car insurance as a qualified slizder.
0: Mm. You mentioned drinking now.
2: Yeah, so I was doing a lot of drinking during that period of time. I had about a three-year window where I was going, how did my life end up in this place? Mm. That the entrepreneurial thing that I sort of wanted to do, and I didn't do it. I did the legal thing, and now I'm an unemployed solicitor. And about three years of really heavy partying. Mm-hmm. I call it uh, thrills, pills, and belly aches. You know, um, happy Mondays <laughs> back in the back in those days. Oh, Thrill, those thrills, pills, did. and, yeah. and yeah. belly aches. Was for you,
0: um, coming over to the hacienda. I was, was at the hacienda. I've yeah. been at the
2: hacienda, yes, a yeah. yeah. number of times, um, and all sorts of. What. I actually did it in the podcast episode. I talked about the eighties and summers of love and all sorts of stuff. So, anyway, yeah. So I have. I, have, um, I hope none of my staff are listening to any of this. You, you better be turning off for shifts tomorrow morning <laughs> on time. Nobody's allowed to be out tonight, just right? You the, hear me? there would the be trouble. I, <laughs> I always turned up on time and in good shape, though, for all the ships. Yeah, shifts. Yeah, 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 Okay. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so that was your first seeds of entrepreneurism where you had the three years. So, yeah, had had I had that, that three year. years.
2: Yeah. And then I ended up getting a job as a slizder in the civil service. Right. And then I got in there, and it just wasn't, well, you can tell what sort of character I am. Civil service just wasn't for me, and, but I didn't know. And then I said, well, all that entrepreneurial stuff I thought I had inside me. Mm-hmm. And I started an international phone card company and became the most successful in the UK. Well done. So an international phone card company. What's it called? It was called Connecta.
0: Connector. I'm not yeah. one I come across. Yeah. yeah, So
2: I was their I was their franchisee yeah. and I bought half of Northern Ireland, but I did so well in half Northern Ireland they give me the second half. Mm. Um that was in the days when before internet you had yeah. to type in a wee digit Code. and you could phone Pakistan yeah. or Australia or whatever for six P a minute or and stuff like that. But I also then started a property business right. and I started buying and selling. Well, not really selling, actually just buying and yep. doing up and renting properties and ultimately over about a 10 year period we got to um 50 properties i owned 50 properties wow that's yeah lovely. 50 houses
0: yeah by most standards that's quite successful yeah. isn't it as, yeah. a, as a landlord and yeah so things were going along relatively swimmingly well yeah and
2: really things were going really well i'd have been <laughs> a, a wealthy guy and um I was a barrister, I had 50 properties, so the phone card company that went over time, it was replaced with other things, internet and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, my 50 houses, all rented out. Uh, I was a barrister, and I knew the the crash was coming. I knew the crash was coming. How did you know One hundred crash was
0: coming?
2: i tell you how I knew the crash was coming, because i have been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. When I started buying the houses, I was getting a 10% yield. So I was paying right. interest and capital on yeah. every so I that wasn't just an interest only merchant. I was paying interest and capital mm. on that, every property. That
0: probably helped a little bit, even though you know it was tough for you. But yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. So I yeah. did that. So I built those up. So ultimately by about two thousand and five, two thousand and six, I was getting outbid on properties yeah. And um, by people who had never bought properties before by just random, maybe a hairdresser or spank was just given a hundred grand yeah. by people. And that's nothing against hairdressers, just by total randoms who would never been in property. I was getting outbid regularly and um, the yields, people were outbidding me and doing yields of three and four percent that couldn't even cover their interest payments, never mind capital and interest whenever I started. My big mistake was, so I used to meet a guy, people in Northern Ireland will know me, he was a, a business reporter called Jimmy Delargy. Mm-hmm. He thought something was coming and he I was briefing him on the, I said, there's a 25% crash coming. So I knew all this, this is, this is, hard, to Gavin, this is yeah, hard to believe.
0: This is hard to, so
2: there's a 25% crash coming, but yeah. I had so much equity, I didn't think a 25% crash would affect me. Right, okay. And it wouldn't have, except for the next thing I did. So in 2006, I started sending myself, You see these agents who are buying the houses or the banks are giving them the money and they're outbidding me. I need to get back earlier in the pipeline. I need to start buying the land. So this is what got me. It wasn't the houses. So I I I bought four large pieces of land, multi-million pound pieces of land in 2006 without planning permission. Now I got planning permission for all of my developments successfully but by the time I had got that the crash had happened and it wasn't 25% as I had predicted houses in Northern Ireland went down 55% and the land went down 90% ouch so the land was worthless and the banks started calling in all of my loans and I had done personal guarantees on all of them oh and my wife actually was even a personal guarantor on one of them and I was—I had business partners, and I couldn't get out of it because the business partners were men of straw, it turned out. And she was in personal guarantee, and then um, the banks then asked on the demand loans for the money back within fourteen days.
0: I was telling my wife this the other day that this is what can happen, and um, she was saying, "Well, you know, how can that come around?" And I say, "Well, it's all in small print, you know." Yeah, it's, it's
2: all in the small print. When you're having success, your greatest danger—this is the <laughs> the greatest danger—isn't when you're starting out. And that's when yeah. the most fear is. The people when they're starting out in new ent- enterprises or they're starting out in business, mm-hmm. the greatest fear is at the start taking those first steps. But the greatest danger actually, are, ironically, is mm-hmm. when you're having a lot of success oh. because you don't take the time to read the small print or you think you're impervious to a crash because all you've known is success.
0: Yeah. gold nugget there. Thanks, Gavin. Yeah. So that, always man.
2: protect the downside. What I now know in life... Uh, found out the hard way, always protect the downside. Richard Branson would say that, always protect the downside. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So who inspired you? Who was helping you along the way to these 50 properties? I mean, that's quite reasonable. Yeah.
2: No, I <laughs> was just doing that myself. That was just the entrepreneurial drive. Yeah. I had no mentors, didn't know anything about mentorship, didn't know any other business people. Um I was just doing that my own. I'd worked that out.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So um, mo- moving things on then, this crash happened. What was the outcome of the crash?
2: So, yeah, very briefly. So just before the crash happened, I the other thing, oh, say very, very, very quickly, I didn't want to give the houses up. That was the other thing. Because I was a barrister, it was my one connection to, to business. Yeah. And even though I knew the crash was coming, I couldn't bear to give up. Was buying it, stuff because it was my one entrepreneurial thing that I still had. Did you that was ride it.
0: As, as much as you Yeah, everything? I just
2: wanted to keep doing it. So mm-hmm. ultimately, one of the properties I owned was a very small, tiny filling station. Tiny, tiny filling station. And we, um, I owned it with another guy and we rented it out. It was a property play. It wasn't to trade it. And what happened was I I got a phone call to say one day, Gavin, you better get up here quick. Customs and excise are sitting on the um, forecourt and they're taking the pumps out of the filling station.
0: Oh my God.
2: I arrived up. HMRC is um, on the forecourt with a low loader putting the pumps of the filling station onto the low loader um, because the guy had sold laundered fuel. The tenant had sold laundered fuel. And there was me as a barrister. Um, Very embarrassed. And quickly I said, what's going on here? And they said, "Um, he's been selling laundered fuel. And one thing I always know how to do is to get... I always like finding what's the win-win. What can I do that can help you, Andy? Mm-hmm. You know, coming mm-hmm. here today, yeah, you know, getting this fitted in rather yeah, than doing yeah. this from Belfast. Yeah. What's the yeah. win-win? And um, uh, they said, well, this guy has four other stations. We need to get him out. If we topple this one, we get him out.
0: Ooh,
2: I said, Nasty. right. I tell you what, and I was doing all this stuff that was going on in my head. I said, this is the opportunity. This is the shop that I was meant to come to. And I said, if you put the pumps back in. I'll be in here trading tomorrow. Ah, but you're 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 a barrister. Um, I said, not anymore. And I, they'd also shown me the paperwork that they were using to get him out of the filling station. Mm-hmm. And I had a look at it. And I said, I beat a case on, on the, that exact section of law in Oma. Or, it was you! It was you! I said, yeah, it was me. <laughs> I said, he'd be in here within 48 hours
0: yeah.
2: uh, unless you take my way of doing this right. and I put him out terminate his lease right. and they said we couldn't authorise that and they, I said take me to somebody who could and we went down to a guy called Whiting who's head of HMRC. I signed a statement to say he'd be put out IBN trading the next day and that was the start of the wall group. That was our right. first store. Wow. I went home to my wife who was eight months pregnant with her first child and I said Helen our baby's just been born and it's not the one you're expecting <laughs> She says what are you fucking talking about? I said The wall group's just been born.
0: What do you mean? I bet if she had the power, she'd have knocked you out there. Yeah, she's
2: only started (laughs) talking to me. This is 10, 10, 11 years on. She's only just started talking to me recently.
0: No, yeah, Yeah, no, it's not
2: (laughs) fun. And that was that. But very quickly, what happened just after that decision had been made? Yeah. Within 12 months, the property crash started. Within 12 months, the property crash started. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we realised that the bits of land that I had bought in 2006 we were totally and utterly fucked. Right. Totally. Um, my wife begged me to go back to being a barrister because that was the best chance of having the the capital, the cash to plug some gaps that banks were trying to get us to do. Mm-hmm. And I refused to go back to being a barrister.
0: This would have been a, a, a nice sort of uh, yeah. fail safe, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just to go back to doing what you was doing. You was doing well. You already knew it. You could have done it in your sleep, no
2: doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard job, but yeah. So her, yeah. not only my wife, but my wife's sister is my accountant,
0: right?
2: And she was going. If you have to. You have to go back to being a bar, sir. This is your only way out of it. And I can. I will never forget. Um, I said to the two of them, "I said this is the most entrepreneurial thing I will ever do in my life, and you're just going to have to trust me." i am not going back to being a barrister i don't i don't care I, I will prove to you that i'm a better entrepreneur even than i was a barrister wow and you need to give me seven years to prove it
0: and they gave you seven years yeah there's, there's two I crazy did. ladies in northern ireland that you need to avoid i think people come yeah. on i mean they yeah that's faith for you
2: they, that's brilliant because I, I knew once i made that decision yeah we lose everything yeah we lose everything. And we ended up then in that sister in her back bedroom for five years.
0: She's even crazier than I thought.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I knew
0: that. I must say, I already knew that because you've mentioned it on your own yeah. podcast. Your your Speed Mentor podcast yeah. is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Speed like Mentor can podcast, can good track. we come back to that in a yeah. minute? Because I want to push you on this... Living in the sister-in-law's yeah. bedroom for five years. I mean, what a sister-in-law you've got, for starters. Yeah,
2: amazing. And, and uh, secondly, absolutely amazing.
0: That's when I mean, we did it for a few months with, one, with yeah. uh, our mother-in-law when we moved in there when we were moving. I yeah. think it was four months, all in all. And, of course, you get on each other's nerves. You know, it's the house is designed for a certain yeah. amount of people. And then, all of a sudden, we've in, we've <laughs> invaded them. You've done the same, but for five years.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and worse than that, so we arrived with one child. Oh, no! <laughs> Um, uh, th- 12 months later we had a second child and then, it- <laughs> and then 13 months later we had a third child oh, so my, myself, my wife and, and three kids in the back bedroom
0: for <laughs> five years started oh with god. one my god, listen, I'm going to shake this man's hand here and yeah. now during yeah.
2: this podcast you need to shake her, thanks very much Joanne well done, fair play to you. <laughs>
0: Incredible. I mean, all this stuff that's going on course, the background to Northern Ireland troubles that's all happening around you as well. Well, that
2: had settled now at that stage, that had settled down. But because we were going to lose absolutely everything, which I knew once I'd made the decision to refuse to go back to being a barrister, Mm -hmm. I said, it'll take seven years to get now my wife, to be fair. I'll tell you another thing, folks. Um, That's where I learned about unconditional love. Right. Yeah, it's a power, powerful stuff. So I, I learned. So, so I'm honest enough, and I'll tell your listeners, um, Andy. I'm honest enough to say if that was the other way around, and my wife came home and said, "By the way, I've just made a catastrophic decision. <laughs> we've lost
1: absolutely everything that we've worked for, and all blah blah blah."
2: I could handle it now, but there's no way. Whenever I did it to her, I could have handled that. No way. Right. So I'm man enough to say, do you know what? I wasn't as complete a person as my wife. My wife didn't say one cross word to me during that period.
0: She, she was entitled to wasn't yeah,
2: she? Yeah, 100%. Not one, <laughs> not one. But the other thing, because I, I know a lot of people can't, because I like to talk about the failures because people yeah. see, you know, I have success and other people have success and they then assume, oh, it's been easy for them. But everybody goes through failure and it's how many times you keep getting back up. Yeah. Um. But the thing about failure is that how you deal with the failure and the way you conduct yourself. So, it's two wee lessons. It's really important for people listening to the podcast who want to develop themselves. So, it's easy being the good guy when you're winning. It's easy. Anybody can do that. Even rotten people can do that. But it's not easy being the good guy when you're losing.
0: That's interesting. Tell more.
2: Yeah. So, for instance, because on my way down, whilst everybody else was calling the banks everything under the sun, I accepted my response, even though it was one tiny fucking decision, uh, banks were in, but I accepted it. At the end of the day, I signed it all. My wife signed it, even though she said no house how she signed one particular <laughs> personal guarantee. We signed it. We took the loans. I take responsibility. You see if I make a mess of something, it's on me. Mm-hmm. It's not on the banks. So on the way down, whilst everybody was fighting with banks and burning properties and flipping, stealing rental money and doing this, that and the other, we actually gave our own home. The 50 properties went back, the land, everything tied up in a nice bow. There you go. Thanks very much. There's no trouble out of me. We also our house, now this is a this was probably a mistake, definitely financially, but our house was on a half percent above base tracker.
0: Right.
2: We couldn't have rented that's one of the reasons why we we went to my sister in law, we couldn't have rented a house for less than our mortgage. Even though we had a nice big house in South Belfast, because it was a half percent tracker, that was guaranteed for the life of the mortgage. It was costing the bank an absolute fortune.
0: So you could rent this out and make some of the money back, then yep. take it. Yeah. 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 And yeah,
2: so, um, we could have done that for life.
0: <laughs> well, Gavin, th- I mean, before we touch on some of the ways yeah. you've bounced back, there's a book here, isn't there? I mean, have yeah. you thought about writing a book?
2: Yeah, probably. If I had time, if I had just too much going on, yeah. uh, there's too much going on. I'm still enjoying the life, but that particular one, so we could have handled back. But what I did was I was quite clear to the bank, there you go, I'm doing you a favour. The bank is pulling the pen, giving me 14-day demands, mm-hmm. and I'm saying, I'm not saying bastards, but ba-. I'm saying, do you know what? There's the keys to my house as well.
0: I'm stunned.
2: Yeah. Silent. No there's no other person would do that. But do you know what the outcome of that was, Andy? Go on. The outcome. We were rebanked within twenty-four months. Right. So they- the only person because we didn't do the bankruptcy, we did an IVA, but we were rebanked within twenty-four months because of my conduct.
0: Right. So they found faith in you because of said, this of your guy, problem. this
2: is unbelievable. This is this, people don't do this stuff. Everybody else is sending us poison pen letters and uh, you know, wanting to kill us and calling us this, that and the other. This guy's actually even given his home his home back mm. when he didn't have to. Mm. Now, that one is a wee bit mad, and I am maybe a little bit mad. As anybody <laughs> probably knows me. But that had me rebanked at the bottom bottom of the market. Mm. So mm. I was back. So I went around all the banks then afterwards and went so I was wiped out. I became an employee of the business. Luckily I had a business partner and the banks didn't want to take the, 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 the loans back. So he took them on for a period of time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I became an employee. Get you. yeah. Um, but I then went back round the banks within tw- two years yeah. and said, do you remember me, the guy who and gave you the house back that actually was costing you? I could have rented it out and kept it f- all my life because of that. How- do you remember me? Would you back me? Do you remember in the darkest days, I was a guy who shook your hand on the way out? Would you back me? And I eventually found a bank who would back me.
0: That's an honourable thing to
2: do, Gavin, I must say. Yeah, Yeah. I have done a podcast episode on the Speed Mender podcast about that, how you deal with the losses. And the other big thing that's really important for people about loss is, I know this is serious stuff, but I'm trying to give people nuggets of how. So whenever my wife, I said, I'm going to do the most entrepreneurial thing ever, pulling the pin here, we're not. I then threw up a seven year plan. Right, this is going to take seven years. This is how we're going to do it. This is what I'm going to need to do. This is the work I will put in. I will not have a passport for that seven years. I'll not be able to leave the country. I will work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. We will eat out-of-date food. We will this, we will that. And then seven years' time, we'll be back.
0: And you've done all that?
2: We've done everything of that. The only demand extra that my wife put on the um, list of demands was that I go to church at the end of the seven years. Okay. Um, because we would have had children then coming up. So um, she put that on um, because I worked 16 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't in the house that often with my sister. And that was one of the other reasons why it worked without annoying Joanne too much, because I just, the people at work who know me, and some of them are probably watching here today. I, I can't see some of the names, but the people who worked for me were probably saying, has he got no home to go to? I literally, but they didn't know. I didn't, no, nobody knew. Not one person who worked, they only found out two years ago. So I went through all of that, built up a business to 130 odds, 150 staff at one stage, and not one of them knew that I was living in my sister-in-laws and didn't have a home.
0: Gavin, that's incredible. Yeah, not so. one, they
2: found out two years ago yeah. on the podcast.
0: Wow, that's incredible.
2: Uh, but that's that's leadership, because yep. I didn't want any of them to worry, oh sorry, I, I'm hitting the table here, sorry folks on the back. I didn't want any of them to worry about their pay packets every week, yeah. whenever they thought, if they knew what I was going through. Mm. You know, I had great quality people helping me build a business. I didn't want them. I mean, there were days to try and pay payroll during that period. You have no idea. I mean, I can remember being afraid to use my window wipers because I couldn't afford to replace window wiper blades.
0: (laughs) Kevin. Oh my God. And they got that.
2: Yeah. Out of date food, the entire, out of date food. No, we had spa stores. So we had, um, and, uh, I didn't want them to, to worry about that but the plan and Helen put on on that wee seven year plan that we did Helen put I, I can see some people there actually have been through some stuff actually themselves I'll not mention any names but I, I see somebody listening there yes. um, and I did the same year and she put on uh, church you have to go back to church after the seven years okay. and my wife's very devout and a really interesting wee piece on that was the first time I went back to church after that seven years, I met a guy I hadn't seen for ages um, outside the church. And I was going to a business meeting in Dublin, which is a couple of hours drive from Belfast, that Wednesday at lunchtime. And that guy was going to a business meeting in the next street in Dublin at the same time. And he drove me down to Dublin. <laughs> that was really, just really weird, weird wee twist. I mean, oh, back so to church so- every every Sunday since.
0: Did, you, did he pay the petrol?
2: Um and he had a flat tire on the way back as well. I felt really bad, but he's a good guy. How are you, Lawrence? <laughs> okay. I bought him lunch.
0: <laughs> so so things are a little bit better now.
2: Yeah, things um, are, we've, so we're, we're out of all of that, thankfully. Yeah.
0: Tell us a little bit, your sort of your day-to-day stuff now, and then can we go on to your latest projects?
2: Yeah, so um, David. so basically I did that. Uh, and then after seven years, I decided to build a management team within the business because my aspirations, that we were over the end of the world stuff. What,
0: what was your main business by then? What was so, oh
2: yes, yeah, so just tell, so we had um, about ten stores at that stage. So they were a mixture of spa stores, Subway stores, and Yogi Berry, which was a wee brand of my own and frozen yogurt, and ice cream. So we had four spa stores, four Subway stores, and um, a couple of um, Yogi Berry stores so with ten stores with about one hundred and fifty staff at that stage. Um, really successful business in North Belfast and um, I'd got us I'd done the thing the seven years had been done and then my aspirations were okay let's get my life back a little bit um, let's start leveraging my time let's start building a team within the business so that I can start taking advantage of some of the other opportunities that there are out there in the world mm-hmm. you know
0: so latest projects and what you got in mind
2: so what we've got uh, just in two seconds we built the management team interestingly mm-hmm. and we now I don't want uh, I don't know if the staff will feel bad about this but we've got an amazing team of people mm-hmm. so they run the business they run this, the spa and the subway business um, for for me essentially
0: no reason to feel bad about that
2: yeah I know I know but I, I love so many of them and so many of them have been on the entirety of this journey um, with me and um, what they say my wife is working in the business now We've just had two of our best weeks ever in the last two weeks. Uh, I mean, I'm not there. <laughs> she says, they have got the Egypt out of the business now. And she's now looking after things. So um, so I moved out of that. But what happened was LinkedIn, I came across LinkedIn. Okay, I'll say, give a shout out to LinkedIn. And the stuff that had happened to me on that journey, I started posting on LinkedIn really about four years ago. And I started, people were saying to me at the time four years ago, Gavin, why? You're a shopkeeper in North Belfast. What are you using LinkedIn for? You can't sell any more groceries by posting stuff on LinkedIn. Yeah. I said, yeah, but there's a whole lot of stuff that has happened to me that could be useful to other people. And then I started posting about, I remember we really we really fucked up one day and we gave somebody bad customer service. And, and I went up to his house with a hamper to apologise to this customer. And I took a picture of it. Giving the hamper to a customer, posting on LinkedIn, and all these people started liking it. All, I said, I'm on to something here. This is really important stuff about showing how to run a business and, and things like that. And incrementally, that started growing um, because I have a really positive mindset, and, uh, you know, and I always um, fight back from any adversity. Um, I started posting about that sort of stuff. And then people started reaching out to me and say, look, I'm struggling in my life. I could do with a wee bit of help. I could do with a bit of mentorship. Would you help me? And I started mentoring lots of other business people, um, all um, pro bono, all for free. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I was doing 20 hours a week of that. And then there were so many people asking for it. And then I thought, I wonder, could I actually post some of this on my LinkedIn? And so we started posting some of it and then we created this. There were so many people asking. I started doing 20 minute slots for mentorship and call it speed mentor. Like, like speed dating. That's where it came from. Aha. I saw speed dating on the TV one night and lots of people. And I was arbitrarily refusing some people and arbitrarily accepting other people. I thought this isn't fair. I don't, you know. And then I was what speed dating, speed mentoring, 20 minute slots. And I'm going to put it on my LinkedIn. And I thought, I wonder would anybody agree to me taking a picture of them on LinkedIn and being mentored by me.
0: Well, I'll, Gavin, I'm, I'm going to get you to do a 20 minute slot on me then in that yeah. case. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're there. powerful. God, they're wow. par,
2: powerful stuff in you 20 do. minutes. So I then started doing speed mentor sessions and they would get booked up. We did it. I reckon the broke a world record actually. I Yeah. yeah. I Go did on. seven hours solid speed mentoring. Seven hours solid speed mentoring without a break.
0: That's a world record, right? Yeah, that it's, uh, uh, it's Guinness. Yeah,
2: Guinness. Yeah, yeah we need Norris I Don't know if anybody remembers when Norris McWhirter come back from the dead. because uh, because he, <laughs> he. got it? Maybe if you're alive, Norris. Sorry, but um, so we did seven hours um speed mentoring um in in one of my premises in Yogi Barry. He used to have a wee booth. I uh, did that for seven hours. So this then, and more people wanted that. Fair play to you, mate. Yeah, well more people, but because I had the business, I love helping people, and I've had such a journey of so much knowledge to share with people. Yeah, um, and then people people wanted to be people wanted to pay me for it, and I was refusing. I had a guy in New Zealand waited six months to pay me for mentoring. He says, "I'm not getting mentored until I pay you because I want you on my time." Wow. I don't want you to be dipping out as it suits you.
0: There's a lot more people with principles out there than you actually believe. Yeah. You know? um, like you say, with the house and that guy with the mentoring. And uh, yeah, you know, it does. It
2: yeah, does. people think there's uh, people who, who haven't dipped in and had mentoring and stuff like that. They think it's maybe a scam. Uh, maybe there are people out there and they're just doing it for the money. I was didn't want the ch- I couldn't <laughs> even think about charge because I love doing it so much. And then somebody else came to me who had been mentored by somebody else, spent a lot of money with them. Totally rubbish. Came to me, I totally transformed their life. They're actually a joint, yeah. I'm in a joint venture with them now as well. In a, yeah, wow. we did a joint venture on, as I've done an episode on the podcast, um, we've got a virtual reality gaming centre. Um, so he came to me, he ripped up his business plan. Uh, that's a whole long story, but <laughs> ripped up his business plan. He went away for nine months. I gave him a few ideas. He came back nine months later with a new business plan. I said, I like it. And we ended up doing it together, (laughs) Um, and then ultimately the guy in in New Zealand he waited for six months and uh, he's had massive success since we've mentored, we've turned. uh, It's unbelievable what we've done, and eventually he he was my first paying customer. But I had to go. I went to somebody else. I paid somebody else to mentor me to release me from my hang ups about charging for something I love to do. Wow,
0: and and you did tell me a little bit earlier about that, so I was amazed, but. um, Everybody's got their own little things, haven't we? We've all got our own little bugbears and things that we that we're particular about. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm getting to get this. This guy's an interesting guy, Gavin. You you you've got to write a book, mate. You've got to write a book. Spend yeah. some time.
2: Look. Do you know what the key? Add value to everybody. And that doesn't mean do everything for free. It means add value. Mm. You know, as I say, this podcast, I could easily have done it in the comfort of my yeah, own home yeah. online. I said, look, Andy, I'm coming over no, to England. No, let's say it's much better. You know, let's let's do it in person yeah, and yeah. let's add as much value to the thing. Do yeah, that every every time yeah, and you too too will right. succeed.
0: Now I know you've got another new project coming yeah. up. Are we allowed <laughs> to talk about it? Yes, this? we can or talk
2: about so up, I've been trailing it on yeah. my podcast for a while now so on my pot it's this is a heartbreaker this is the hardest this is actually the hardest and anybody who's listened to my podcast just during monday past this is the hardest decision so what we have the mentor on the mentoring has led on to have done all sorts of events i've created a speed mentor retreat i've done unstoppable mindsets offense when people come in to pay to get met we've turned around lots of lives we've we've taken successful people and made them even more successful, taking people who didn't know how to be successful uh, and transformed them, giving them confidence. And I have loved doing that. And I've been well paid for that. Mm. Okay. And I thought that's where the rest of my life was going to be. I actually thought that. And I was really happy to have found this and the business getting looked after itself, the wall group and the virtual reality and all the rest of it. But what happened is that I'm now into the tech sector, startups and technology. Um, I started looking for an opportunity a couple of years ago in that space and it didn't come straight away but after about 18 months somebody reached out to me and we then set up two technology companies and I'm involved in. One is in fintech and legal tech, financial technology and legal tech and the other one is we're trying to Uberize the beauty, wellness and cosmetics industry. One's called Asset Nexus and the other's called Aubergine now there's a technology genius in both of those companies with me
0: mm-hmm. is this uh, a guy based in yeah
2: he's called Andrew Cuthbert yeah and he is a gen- an actual genius yeah yeah and um, he's a very talented guy and he's had few ups and downs his his Life has been like created a lot of wealth elsewhere and is actually at the minute (laughs) created for other people, but not necessarily for himself. Mm -hmm. Brilliant guy. So he's been on an interesting journey. And he and I, this has been going on for a while now, have been in discussions. And we have now decided that we are creating a venture capital fund.
0: Ha ha! And this is called Project X, I believe.
2: Yes, that's the code name because I couldn't Shh. say it. Yeah, that was the code name. You can say that. I don't, no, I can, don't say I can tell you. I can tell you now. I, I, tell, I, I yeah. did a post about it, but it's a first. All the people in England, um, it's maybe the first time they'll have heard on because the, the London ones. I get, in fact, I get more listeners on my podcast, the Speed Mentor podcast, in London than I do in. Um, Belfast now. Really? Yeah, it's really grown well in, 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 over here. Um, but Pro- Project X, we've been working on this and it's a venture capital fund. And we are trying to take ideas that are world changing, mm-hmm. that are billion dollar ideas or our ideas that can totally disrupt industries. So they have to be huge scale.
0: You want to give them legs and get them going, basically. Yeah, Yeah. so
2: basically, my business partner, he is really knowledgeable on business strategy. I know a bit about business as well, but his is even better. On business strategy, on technology, on innovation, and then myself around mentorship. So my mentorship will be poured into the founders that we are going to have we're gonna um, finance within our venture capital fund. So we're gonna mentorship on the business side from him on the personal development and business from myself. And we've got a, a third person who's been in the venture world for a while. It's gonna help on scale up when we take the businesses to the next stage. That's actually somebody um, called Laura Bond who, who, who's in um, England actually.
0: Wow, interesting times. So yeah. what's the first step at the moment for that uh, that fund?
2: Um, so we are at the minute we have sort of taken pitches from about 24 companies over the last few weeks. So we have about 24 founders in pitching us Mm -hmm. to back them. Mm -hmm. And at the minute, we have probably got three that we're gonna back. And we're looking to build that up, we're gonna create in venture capital money, it's a small amount. Mm-hmm. Um, our fund is going to be ten million pounds. Mm-hmm. Our initial fund—that's a small amount in in venture capital world in London. Yeah. They, that would be a drop in the ocean. But yeah. to Northern Ireland, that's a big amount. Mm-hmm. But we're going to turn that ten billion. Right? Do you want to get the big goal? I talk about gorilla goals, folks. Yeah. I'm going to put this out here, and you know my trolls. I have a few trolls and haters. <laughs> they are yeah. going to go. He is so full of shit. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to put this out. Uh, this this is a first let them. yeah this is this is an exclusive right here on Andy Arders podcast <laughs> and uh, we're going to turn that 10 million that ac- acorn into 10 billion wow 10 billion in 10 years
0: i love to hear yeah, that I'll, I'll, i wish you every, that, every success with that
2: that's what the goal is 10 billion value um, from 10 million in 10 years wow yeah.
0: Uh, and people think that sometimes that this stuff is difficult to do but i did a i i, I deal with some property companies myself in my day job and i did a day the other week and we worked it out roughly that the, the turnover of the five property companies that i'd seen that day was roughly about 10 billion a piece yeah. average
1: yeah.
0: so not not total average so yeah. uh, you know
2: they're out there it, it can be done so this is what happens at Look, one of my major passions, and maybe haven't um, talked that much about it or haven't been talking about it, is trying to inspire people in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Like, I'm really passionate about that. I'm really a cro- big cross-community, so my stores in, in North Belfast are in all sorts of communities. I'm really passionate about inspiring other entrepreneurs because mm-hmm. the corporates, those people you talk about, mm-hmm. they know how to look after themselves. Mm-hmm. Corporates know how to oh, look yeah. after. They know, right? But the SMEs and the people who maybe have a wee aspiration or a little idea, Who looks after them? Mm. We haven't even had a government in Northern Ireland for two and a half years. You think you're having problems over here with with Brexit and all sorts of stuff happening. We haven't even, we've had no legislative assembly for two and a half years. Um, So my passion is to inspire as many people to dream big. And by me putting it out there that I'm trying to, along with my business partner, to create 10 billion of value in 10 years. Mm. Well, if I can say that, somebody else can say, do you know what? I want to double my turnover next year. Yes. I want to do it. Gavin Wall has put that out there. That's top cover yeah. for other people who are afraid to express their aspiration.
0: Okay. I'm, so I'm with you all the way. That's what the, my podcast tries to do. I try to help people yeah. move on. The background of my story very, very briefly is, you know, I was in the inner city London on one of the big council estates in Tottenham and people around me, they were you know, they didn't have a lot of money and we were drinking too much and mm-hmm. we were doing all the crazy things that you do mm-hmm. as a as a mm-hmm. youngster that you shouldn't do, let's say. Um, but when you actually move yourself out of that situation, if you aspire more, if you try to do more, you'll find that you can actually achieve a lot more. And unless you try, you don't do it.
2: Yeah. Yep. That- you talked about the billions, the money and the opportunity is there, right? Mm-hmm. It's when you start opening your eyes to see it, yeah. it's, it's there, it's yeah. absolutely everywhere.
0: When you come to London, Central London, yeah. Gavin, because we, you know, people who live in London say, "I'm going to London," and mm-hmm. hang on a minute, you live in London, but what they actually mean yeah. is they're going to Central London, yeah. which is kind of another different world, yeah. right? So when you go to Central London, do you look around with a bit of a wry smile, thinking, "Look, all these huge buildings, these massive companies that are based there. We'd love a few more of these over in Northern Ireland."
2: Absolutely, uh- absolutely. I go to Canary Wharf, actually, to HSBC's HSBC's headquarters once a year, yeah, because um, they do a big franchise pitching company that bring franchises from all around the world and I go to that and you go and you say, look, what people don't understand is people think there's Gavin, all he thinks about is money or something like that. I'm actually trying to think about creating wealth for, Northern Ireland doesn't even have a billionaire, right? Now, a lot of people, are, no, 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 no. there's no billionaire There's no billionaire in Northern Ireland, mm. right? And it's not that I want to be the first billionaire in Northern Ireland. I want to help create billionaires in Northern Ireland mm. because if there's billionaires in Northern Ireland or even hundreds of millions, whatever, yeah. they then spend money in Northern Ireland. They then invest you know, in a better carpenter or a better this or a better network system or a better IT system or a better computer system or better office premises. That money then trickles back into... Um, Northern Ireland so the more that we can help other people aspire and want to create stuff the better it is for Northern Ireland.
0: Brilliant I'm glad to hear that because it's not only Northern Ireland other parts of the yeah,
2: UK yeah. Well. Uh, and art Yeah look at we, we so I did part in the industrial revolution Right in the Industrial Revolution, Northern Ireland built unfortunately Harland Wolf. Actually, funny enough, we're doing it. No, yeah. Harland Wolf is going under this or just went under yeah, this week. Just
0: went under, so yeah. it
2: built the Titanic, it built all the ships that yeah. sailed the seas in Northern Ireland in the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, we were called the nickname for Belfast was Linenopolis, yeah, because we created something like 73 million feet of uh, linen every year. Mm-hmm. So we were a hotbed of industry, Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. Belfast. What happened? Mm. Do you know what? The people are still there. The quality of the people hasn't changed. The quality of the ideas haven't changed. But what has changed is the infrastructure when you don't have government, when you don't have aspiration, when you've had troubles. That's what changes. Yeah. Right? So I want to be part of a movement to create the the mindsets so that people can say, do you know what? There's more in life for me than this wee silo that I'm in. There's opportunity out there. Gavin's telling the truth.
0: You are, mate. (laughs) I mean, if I go through some of the customers that that I've dealt with over the years, um, you know, a lot of the people that listen to the podcast regularly hear the same old names. I can't talk about a lot of them because, of course, they're, you know, the people that we're trading with now on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and we're doing a lot of money with. But if you think of household name companies, then those are the people that you can in theory deal with. It's just a matter of getting yourself organized and getting the right mindset, as Gavin mm-hmm. says, you've got, to have in, you've got to have aspirations that you want to double your turnover, that you want to do more, that you want to deal with bigger and better things. If you don't, you'll stay where you are. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But if you are of a mindset that you do want to move on, then you've got to have a plan. You've got to have skills. You've got to have people around you that drive you on. You've got to make it happen.
2: Yeah. And and, and you can. You can. And you, if, Without any shadow of a doubt.
0: Okay, well, I want to I want to throw a curveball in now. Gavin yep. doesn't know about this, all right? But I'm going to throw a little curveball. Have you ever heard... It's <laughs> Harry Kane coming in here? I, not I'm on my way to the please tell me. No, it's not me, as, good you know. as good as no. that, unfortunately not. No, it's almost as good as that, though, yes. Gavin. Okay? Now, you've heard of people having the shirt off your back, haven't you? Okay? Right, well, like, we're on video here, too. So hang on a minute. Gavin, I've got a little present for you. It's not quite as good as Harry Kane's shirt off of his back. But having said that... Little prezzy for you. I'm just taking off my Spurs cufflinks and they're a present for Gavin.
2: Oh, did you hear that, folks? Look! Look at this present. Are you sure? No, absolutely. Oh, point. wow. Listen,
0: I bought a spare pair along for me. Wow. So there we are.
2: Uh, uh, and look, you see what... <laughs> there's just we're just we're doing a podcast here folks i know insta live i haven't really talked to you that much but we're doing a podcast there you go you add a wee bit of value you give more you come all of it. if i'd done that if i'd done the podcast <laughs> just on a link from belfast instead of trying to squeeze you in here on, on uh i wouldn't have got cufflinks spurs cufflinks lovely <laughs> I right, can you get me three points today unfortunately not <laughs> <laughs> i'll trade them for three
0: points well, listen, Gavin, it's, it's been absolutely superb. We've got to the end of the, the, the podcast now. Unless you've got anything specific you really want to talk about, um, in which case, could you tell us what's the best way that people get in touch with you? How can they get involved in your project? And when you do eventually write this book, how can we get hold of you?
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, the the main places to get hold of me are the Speed Mentor podcast. Hardly even talking about that. That was a daily podcast. I did 100 episodes in 20 weeks. A hundred... I love totally it. unique. I
0: loved it, and yeah. it's, now, it's now sort of done about to once
2: a week. I'm going to once I, a week. Just
0: listen, with, listen, listen. That's, that's yeah, great because
2: most know. podcasts are once a week, I, I and know. you can get more value I that know. way. Sometimes I know, for that. I, I it's like breaking your heart, isn't I it? I know that was really tough one. So hit me up on the Speed Mem- Speed Mentor podcast. Um, hit me up on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Uh, hit me up on Instagram. Just at Gavin Gavin Wall is spelled G A V A N W A L L. There'll be some links on the uh, podcast, mm-hmm. no doubt. Instagram on LinkedIn I'm on Facebook a bit and a wee bit on Twitter um, but those are the main things and um, well, I'll maybe do the book one day <laughs> it's too much to do Go serious. it's too much to do too much fun and do you know what do you know what the ultimate metric is I just want to say this one last thing the ultimate metric is to enjoy it and have fun right and people people think business can't be fun but you see when you realize that business is about the people and about the people you bring on your journey and the crack and the fun you have with them and what you try to create, the money and the rest of it and success follows you having the enjoyment of it. So that is the ultimate metric and people don't realise that.
0: Gavin, on that note, thanks very much for coming on the show and I wish you every success in the future.
2: Thank you very much, Andy. Good luck, folks. Cheers.
0: I'm a